0: Looking girls, and if some of you girls want to get yourselves kissed. Let us in the ladies' room. We are back with another episode of the A-Sides podcast. My name is Andy. I am going to be talking with my friend Kenny, who I've talked with before. And over the last year, he would send me a few texts like with concert stories. So I really wanted to pick his brain and get uh, more of these uh, stories because they were cracking me up and I thought it'd be something everybody needs to hear, not just me
1: well let's see what i can recall
0: so like what was the first uh concert that you um ever attended uh
1: my very first concert was um john denver uh at kind of the height his popularity his zenith of his career i guess uh and it was for my birthday in 1974 so i was really young but my dad took me out to um murphy center and uh murphy's and uh we saw john denver and it was awesome It was a good uh, it was a good first concert oh wow i still have my ticket
0: stub dang <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> um do you save a lot of those things
1: you know i i think i've literally every single one uh i don't know that i could put my finger on where they are but i saved them until they started, you know, making those preposterous looking ticket stubs printed on like credit card receipt paper and stuff. And there's not much, um, you know, not much romantic about that. So those usually get tossed. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I have. Uh, in fact, it used to, if I couldn't find it, like if I lost it somehow or something, I would get really, uh, you know, tweaked about it and ask one of my friends if they still had their stuff. I could <laughs> add it to my collection.
0: I know what you mean now. I guess they're basically like the generic, like Ticketmaster paper, but seeing old uh, stubs from even back in the 80s and the early 90s, like way before I attended concerts, they actually look cool. Like they would put the band logo on it or it would be yeah, colored. They did. And
1: a lot of times They would be yeah, colored paper and they would have actual band logo on there. Um, I think my first time I saw Kiss, which was in 1979, they had glitter sprinkled into their... Logo, I think on that ticket stub, I'd have to get it out and look. But uh, um, yeah, it's a, They, it's just that kind of stuff is lost these days. Nobody really cares, I guess. I don't know.
0: I'm actually one of those guys that if I'm buying concert tickets now, like I, uh, <clears throat> I still have to get the stub, and I don't like <laughs> it if somebody gets like the printed out sheet of paper.
1: Like I get kind of annoyed. <laughs> Well, they go even further now. You don't even have to have it. You just show up with your phone, yeah, and it's got one of those UPC things on there, and they go, okay. So, yeah, it's, it sure has changed a lot. I, I know what I you mean. Yeah, it's like that. a lost art form, almost. Yeah. yeah. Well, it really is. All all of that. Rock and roll is a lost art form.
0: Uh, so, other than a kiss that you saw back in the 70s, were there any other huge huge
1: uh, um, names that you saw? I mean, uh, uh, not so much in the 70s, because I didn't go, like, I I saw that John Denver show, and then I don't recall going to a real concert for quite a while after that, Um, but I I think, you know, like, my dad was real into country music, uh, and so was I, um, and still am, you know, or, like, real country music, but, uh, so I think we went to go see some TV tapings or things like that, where they, you know, they used to have the... Um, a lot of that stuff around here or, or but nothing that I can think of right off my head I think the next concert I remember seeing was I went to go see uh, Chuck Mangione in 1978 uh, which was, I was excited about it initially but it was no offense Chuck was boring so <laughs> uh, it wasn't my favorite show that I've ever seen and then right after that I went to go see The Village People and that was awesome. Uh, they put on a great show. And then I think Kiss was just a couple of months after that. And then after that, I pretty much saw just about everything that that came to town. I, I, I started seeing Van Halen every year they came and uh, Cheap Trick and ACDC, just basically everybody that was was, you know, doing their thing back then. Back when you know, you could go see sometimes they'd have two, three concerts a week at Municipal Auditorium would be Hat and Blue Oyster Cult on, on a Tuesday, and then Thursday it might be Molly Hatchet or something, and then Friday or Saturday somebody else would be through there. So, that, you know, it seemed to me like there was always something to go see. Uh, and, you know, back then I wasn't a, you know, what, what you call a musician or certainly hadn't played any gigs. So that was before the curtain was pulled all the way back on all that stuff. It used to be so exciting to go to a, a concert and hang out. And then when they dropped the lights, you just were so excited about the, the show to start and stuff. And, and it just seemed like a million miles away from anything that I'd ever be able to, to do myself. And, uh, so, but you know, now it's not quite so exciting. Anymore. Uh, uh it, it, you know, you know, the workings of how all that stuff goes down and it's just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, not I mean, hundreds of, of shows in that time period from the time I was before I was even old enough to drive. You know, my our parents would drop us off or something, and they'd come pick us up when it was over. That was before cell phones or the internet, any of that stuff. So, you know, what time's it gonna be over? Ten thirty. All right. So yeah. <laughs> Good old days.
0: So it wasn't really until you got like um, I guess into your teenage years
1: then, um, as you were seeing more. Yeah, you know, I'm a preteen, I guess. You know, I was um, uh, I was probably, when I started seeing shows on a regular basis, I was probably 12, 11, 12, or something like that. And I just, you know, back then it wasn't as expensive one thing, you know. So it wasn't like today where, you know, my daughter asked if she'd go see a concert. <laughs> I was like, well that's 150 bucks, but, um, you know, so back then you get a ticket for $7. I remember my kiss ticket stubs, 50 on it. And I remember that seemed high to me back then because all the other shows I'd seen before that were like $5 or something, you know? So that seemed really expensive for a show.
0: I guess they had to pay for the glitter on the ticket.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, they, they were putting on the, the best show you could see back then. So I, mean, I guess it was worth the nine fifty. certainly was, certainly was to me.
0: Um, uh, so who's the band that you've like, like that you can um, recall as seeing the most.
1: Oh, definitely kiss. I mean, I made a point to see them. I saw them every year from the time they, for the first time I saw them in 79 until they, um, until that, when, this wasn't in the band but peter still was with that aerosmith double bill thing uh i saw him every every year to up to that point and uh, and the, but and then i saw him on uh this last tour those uh, um, whatever end of the road thing or whatever uh but there's a few shows in between there i didn't go see um because i felt like all oh, a lot of reasons one i don't want to pay that execute price two i I didn't feel like uh, i was getting my money's worth and and three i just don't really enjoy the hassle of going to big concerts anymore uh it's such a nightmare you know you have to nowadays you've got to get an uber parking is terrible down in nashville and i just don't enjoy the claustrophobia of being surrounded by all those people and stuff which i'm sure sounds strange coming from somebody that you know basically plays music for a living but uh I just don't enjoy all that like I used to. Like I said, it's not as the magic is not quite there. Although when I went to go see Kiss on the um, end of the road tour, that was probably the best show I've ever seen, just from a a theatrical standpoint. That I've never seen anybody put on a show uh, that elaborate before. It was worth every dime of getting to go see him that last time and it was almost uh 40 years to the month from the first time i saw him so i thought it was pretty cool um, and uh, the only closest show i've seen to being that good was the rush farewell tour uh which they put on i'm not going to say even pretty close uh, to uh, at that point that was probably the best show i'd ever seen until until i saw this end of the road show. oh wow yeah it was it was fantastic
0: i saw that uh too that uh kiss um show and actually uh saw it with brent it was one of the last things that i did before everything kind of shut down you know last year mm-hmm. but
1: um yeah i guess that was probably that's that's the last real concert that i've seen other than well i don't think other than anything i, I don't I've only played a handful of shows since then, and I haven't been out to see anybody, not even at a, at a club since that gig. So, uh, but it was great, and but I, you know, I saw Cheap Trick, a ton. I saw Rush, a ton. Uh, all my seen? favorite bands that were touring, I saw them every time. Van Halen, I mean, I've seen them probably ten times or something. I, 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 Ozzy, I saw him quite a few times, just anybody that was happening from that, you know, 80 to 95 period when I was really still going to shows a lot. Then, uh, but you know, that's another thing too, is I ended up, you know, getting in bands were traveling and we were on the road a lot. And so I missed a lot of things that were, you know, that were here in Nashville because I was gone a lot. Um, so you know, I kind of lost interest, I guess, for lack of a better term, and just sort of going out and seeing bands when I'm home. The last thing I really feel like doing is going out somewhere, you know, unless it's to dinner or something like that. But I just don't like I said, I don't enjoy it as much as I do when I've been gone for two weeks, you know, uh, with music blasting in my face every day. I don't feel like coming home and listen to more of it. So, so much at that volume anyway
0: it totally makes sense and kind of saw like all of the uh, huge bands kind of as they were kind yeah. of coming
1: up too that's the other thing too a lot of these you know uh, bands nowadays are just I've already seen them so many times and I saw them in their heyday it doesn't mean they're not good now or any of that kind of stuff but like I said the other thing is I just can't justify spending that much money on every show that comes through town. I felt it. Uh, I owed it to myself to go see kiss that last time. And, uh, I wanted to see that rush farewell tour. My wife is a, a big rush fan. And so I, uh, I wanted to make sure that she got to see him. She'd never seen him before because she didn't get into him. until just, you know, maybe five or six years ago, And but she loves rush. So I want to make sure that she got to see him they didn't come here. So we had to go to, um, alpharetta george to go see him and uh but it was totally worth it um but yeah i've seen every everybody uh that i wanted to see and some of the bands that i didn't get to see with the original lineup the first time i like i never got to actually see black black sabbath the original lineup of that you know they did that reunion tour that was that's going on 22 23 years ago so i feel like that was Cool. It's kind of like seeing us on the reunion tour the first time. You know when they all uh, uh, got back together. That was like seeing them for the first time. You know they were still young men and they were still. You know they were, they were great. They weren't really. They pulled out all the stops and made sure that they delivered. But one of these bands that are coming now, they're just honestly they're just too old to be doing some of this stuff anymore. And they don't really. I don't feel like a lot of them deliver the goods musically i mean i'm not naming anybody specific but i'm just saying i have seen quite a few of these bands that are still out doing it and for one thing there's like one original member or something and, and then two it just seems like they're only out there doing it because they they're trying to you know pick up a paycheck i can't fault anybody for picking up a paycheck, a paycheck. this is a, a tough business to make a living in but you know i just there's been a lot of times i've seen these bands and and thought man i i wouldn't want my the last goal for me to be this you know what i'm saying <laughs> it just uh i, I would i quit while you're ahead if you can so anyway i just <laughs> yeah i've seen it all and, and i really there's not a whole lot of people that are still around Some some things i never got to some bands i never got to see like Thin Lizzy. I'm a huge Thin Lizzy fan. I didn't never get to see them. Uh, And, uh, you know, a handful of bands like that, but uh, for the most part, I've gotten to see everybody either the first time around or they were still uh, good, uh, you know, but later on. So I I feel pretty satisfied. I mean, you know, there's no way I'm ever going to get to go see the Beatles or any of that, but outside of that, I've seen pretty much most everybody that I ever wanted to see.
0: Um, you had mentioned uh, Thin Lizzy there. Have you seen uh, the Black Star Riders at all?
1: I haven't, but um, as you know, I really dig them. I, I love those records, um, and I feel like it. Uh, without trying to be a Thin Lizzy tribute band, they maintain a lot of that original feel. Of thin, you know, the the uh, his voice, Ricky Warwick's voice, is great for that. Um, he doesn't try to try to overdo it with the, you know, Phil Lennett impersonation stuff. He's got his own thing that he does and and uh, I really I really dig it. They've always got great players filling those roles in there. Scott I guess Scott Gorham's still in the band and um so yeah, I really dig them. That's that's um the things that is current that I actually listen to on a regular basis. I, I like I like those records so far.
0: Um, yeah, it seems like they're kind of like a rare band to see because I guess they're just kind of like Thin Lizzy. Why aren't they bigger overseas and over here, not really, uh, even making much traction?
1: I, you know what? I, I really can't speak to that because I don't know a whole lot about what what they. I don't really keep up with that sort of thing. You know, I don't. I think they've been here through Nashville before. But I didn't get to see them. I think I, they kind of flew under my radar for a while. Had I known that it was a Thin Lizzy connection when I saw the name, I would have checked it out earlier, but uh, like, that's something that I'd go see if they came came through here, because it'd be cool to at least say I got to see somebody in Thin Lizzy, uh, <clears throat> but uh, I have not seen them, and I don't really know what their... I guess nobody's uh, level of success is very much right now in terms of performances, but I really don't know oh, true. a whole lot about them, yeah. so...
0: There is uh, something that I wanted to bring up because, uh, mm-hmm. like, what had uh, prompted uh, this um, episode of the podcast was I think you sent me a text where um, you said you saw, I think it was Molly Hatchett, and you mentioned that band earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. You said you saw Molly Hatchett and some guys,
1: what they snuck into the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm... A lot of that kind of stuff happened with most of the shows that I, I've seen around that era that we were just talking about earlier, the late 70s through the um, late 80s. Most of them were at um, this place in Nashville called Municipal Auditorium. It's still there. It's about maximum capacity. It's about 13,000, I think. But um, it's one of those aren- arenas that's, you know, obviously it's in... It goes all the way around, so they black out a lot of those seats back in the back. But it's got a big dome on it, and it used to have what – I don't know what it was made out of, but it looked to be sort of like glass, but not see-through glass, just made of glass panels. But there's catwalks around it, obviously, for production, visiting production and all that stuff, to do spotlights and and all that. But I remember it it was um, Molly Hatchett and I think Henry Paul Band opened – for them and uh larue and i remember before the show started some guys tried to sneak in and it had something to do with the panels i I just it's hard for me to exactly remember but the long story short they botched it pretty bad and they fell through the um they fell through the roof or wherever it was (laughs) they were trying to get in uh and obviously that um i feel like if i remember correctly it held up the part of the opening band and it was a it was just ridiculous i can't imagine wanting to see anybody that bad that i'd take because it's i mean that if they had actually fallen off that catwalk they would have been dead when they hit the ground because that's a tall uh that's a tall building and uh, you know from the inside like that so you got to figure it's two levels of seats and then, and then the floor that's like, you know, hundred foot drop from the top. Of it.
0: Damn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I get a little bit confused because there was, I remember seeing a guy, I think it was at the journey escape tour show and Loverboy had opened that show in between bands. The guy f- just fell off the, he was obviously uh, on something and he, or drunk or whatever. But he just sort of leaned over the railing of the bottom deck of seats, and just dropped like 15 feet onto the concrete floor. Because municipal was a hot was a hockey arena, and so when there wasn't ice, it was concrete. And uh, he fell right down on the uh, just splat right on the on the concrete. <laughs> but to his credit, he jumped right up and acted like nothing happened. And, and i i can't believe it didn't knock him out because it was you know that's a that's a pretty fall um it's a pretty far fall for to land on your face on concrete so uh, I, I believe that was a journey he didn't stop believing i guess yeah mm. uh, he probably didn't remember believing <laughs>
0: So um, did every concert
1: involve people falling that you saw back then? <laughs> no, no, not. not I, those were the only two concerts that I can remember anybody falling from. But back then, security wasn't wasn't what it is today. Or, you know, you could get, they would say, you know, you can't bring anything in. If you're a chick, they just looked in your purse and let you go in. If you're a guy depending on what how overzealous the rent-a-cop was that was running the door you know you get a at best a, a medium shakedown but usually they just grabbed around on your jacket and stuff like that and figured eh, hell with it and they let you in so it was real easy to get contraband in there you know uh drugs which i never was interested in so i never brought that in alcohol which I actually never did that because i was I didn't start drinking until I was later, you know, later on. And I certainly didn't, I never understood why people wanted to get so fucked up at a concert that they couldn't remember it or spent the whole night throwing up. It just didn't really make any sense to me. But I remember one time a drummer for my band and my buddy, uh, Steve Kelly, he brought in firecrackers and that used to be (laughs) a big thing is bringing in fireworks to concerts. And then when the lights go up and, he was he was lighting them and throwing them and they would, you know, explode sort of in midair because they had kind of a short or a, I don't know if he soaked the wicks or whatever. You don't want them to land on somebody else because that's, a, you know, that's not cool. But um, I remember he had one cock back and he was about to light it and I lit it. And it blew up in his hand, right next to his head, and he was so pissed off at me. I remember. I don't. I do not remember what show that was, though. I just. I can see it happen. I don't remember what, what gig that was, but, uh, but yeah, we, we used to do stuff like that all the time.
0: Um. Did you ever get caught with the firecrackers?
1: No. Uh. Uh-uh. I never. I mean, like I said, I never really. Did anything? That was one of the few uh, episodes that I was ever even involved with because I really was excited to be there. I just wanted to see shows, and like I said, I I I, I never was interested in smoking weed or any of that stuff. I'm not a smoker; never have been. nothing Just never cared for it, so I never was worried about you know trying trying to get stoned during a show. And like I said, I, I generally didn't drink until after the show. And that was later on. I mean, I, you know, it wasn't like I was a del- teenage hood or anything, so I, I could totally live without uh, getting a buzz until at least after the show was over with. But, uh, I yeah, I never really, I never really got too involved with that. Um, I remember at the Kiss show, the first one I saw in '79, uh, New England opened up for him, and the uh, there was a guy and, a, and his buddy sitting behind us. And the municipal's got, it's kind of steep the way the seats are, because it goes, you know, it's just like a you know, theater type thing. So the seats go up, up, up until you get to the very back. And he was sitting behind us, and the concrete is sort of sloped to accommodate for all that stuff. And he was partying the whole night until New England came on. And then about 10 minutes into the show, I noticed he had cooled it back there. And I looked over my shoulder a few times and he started having his head between his legs. And, uh, and then he started, but the they were close to being done with their show. He started puking oh, and he threw up for what seemed like forever. And it was rolling down onto our feet and stuff. And I had bought like a <laughs> tour book and a, all that crap. So I had to keep that in my lap the whole night because, because his puke was run down, uh, from behind us and then he didn't see a bit of kids i i think he looked up one time to see him and that just seemed like a huge waste of time and money to me he, he was too out of it to even see the opening band <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah it's a different thing today man they don't they don't really let you in with that stuff oh you know what i tell you what you're talking about the last show we saw The last time I was, a buddy of mine had tickets to go see Steel Panther, and he invited me and my wife out to go see Steel Panther, and I don't really know anything about them other than that they're, you know, kind of like a a spoof-type band-type deal, so I would see that, and that was, you know, that was COVID, right in the middle of it, you know, you're supposed to have to wear masks, and they only did, they did two shows, so it could be 50% capacity at each show and they turned the house over. So that was the last show I saw, now that I think of it. Mm-hmm. And that's only been a couple you know months ago, I think. Nobody threw up at that as far as I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Although they uh, they some marathon music work and they have the full on bar like you can get everything and we had a, my buddy uh, who invited us bought a private box type thing up there so we had the whole thing to ourselves and you get the you know the wait staff and we're going to get drinks and stuff so uh, had i stayed there longer i may have actually uh, thrown up but thankfully it was only like an hour and a half concerts so, because i think we drank a lot of bourbon
0: um you just made me think of one that uh i saw a couple of years ago there's like a uh, led zeppelin a tribute band called get the lead out i haven't seen them and they would come here about, like, just about every spring for, like, three or four years, and they were kind of promoted through the radio station I was working at, and um, there was one guy, like how you're saying, he was getting, like, he was already drinking, like, I guess pre-game and what they call it, drinking before the show, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like the buddy and I, we got there kind of early, and uh, in the theater uh, um, that we have in Peoria, there's, like, really long aisles and there's no like little center aisle. So if you're in the middle of the row, you basically got to walk past like 30 people to get to your seat. And so I guess the guy like he came in and already had like two beers. So he was like double fisting. And this was before the band started. Well, then he even got up and went and got two more and came back. And then uh, the house lights, I guess they turned off. And everybody was started cheering, so the band's gonna uh, start. He uh, was right in front of me, and he had the beer in his left and his right hand, and he stood up like, "Yeah!" and like raised his arms. So, like two <laughs> beer geysers, they just like shot, <laughs> and
1: shot beer on
0: everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this guy was excited to see the show
0: yeah he ended up leaving though after the second song to go get more beer and i don't think he ever came back so it's like, like kicking him out or something like
1: that uh yeah probably uh, cut him off for his own good it sounds like yeah
0: <laughs> i want to yeah. say he was even he was even trying to like light up a cigarette before the show started too <laughs> it's like man
1: well i, I guess um you know, drugs and and uh, alcohol have always sort of gone hand in hand with rock and roll.
0: Um, yeah, true. But it's like you're saying, like I was, I'm the same way. Like I really don't drink if I'm going to shows because I want to enjoy it and I want to remember it. Especially yeah. now, if you're spending like yeah, like 150 bucks, it's like why would you want to? <laughs> why would you want to like ruin that moment or whatever? <laughs> Basically, just throwing away your money.
1: Exactly, and uh, I, yeah, I mean you can. I can do that at home for free if I wanna get that sideways, but, uh, yeah, it takes the fun out of it to me. I don't know, be a good time.
0: I think there was a buddy of mine that was saying like something like that too. He's like, I don't wanna uh I don't wanna spend like forty dollars on beer or whatever because it's like fifteen bucks a
1: yeah,
0: yeah. pop almost,
1: <laughs> yeah, for that to make up too, man I mean. Yeah, if I ever spend $15 on a Bud Light, I hope somebody will smack me.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about something too uh, today, like with uh, the concerts back in uh, the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if this was just like a theory I had or if it was true, but it seems like back then. Uh, they would match up like a lot of bands that you wouldn't think would tour together, right? Like you probably would have like black Sabbath and Molly hatchet or something.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you're definitely, I don't know about that bill, but you're definitely right about that. If you, certainly if you uh, read any of the accounts from, from kiss and any of those books that they, that they have put out and they talk about their, you know, their pairings and stuff. I mean, some of those, some of those things you would not imagine would be uh, anything that you would ever put together in, in real life. I, I think I saw uh, in, in one of those last books I read, uh, I think they had Vince Gill was talking about they got to uh, open for Kiss. And this was when they were in and uh, when he was in uh, with Pure Prairie League, or I guess is what it was. And uh, they got just mercilessly. You know, about the stage. I mean, Pure Prairie League and Kiss. Yeah, and that... I can't imagine anyway. I love Pure Prairie League, and I love Kiss. Don't want to see them on the same bill. I don't think. You know, uh, especially when you're trying to break a band. I don't know why you would think getting ready in front of an audience like that. Uh, and it's funny you mention that thing because, Van Halen. I don't know. I'm assuming they did this on purpose uh, just to get the crowd you know right for them to come on but every single year that i saw them from 80 to uh probably till the last time i saw, saw them well maybe not the last time but anyway um they would always have the most i don't want to say worse but the most uh they, they it's like they chose these bands because they knew nobody would like them and uh, the first time i saw them at municipal this band called G force opened up for him, and they were kind of like, it were just like a standard sort of rock and roll thing. I guess they had, they were touring the only record they had out, I suppose, or something. I believe they were New York guys or New Jersey or something. And they were just sort of like a rock. When I say rock and roll, I don't really mean that like ACD. Rock and roll. They were more like a, more. I don't know. I don't want to say rockabilly either, but it was just, you know, they were just real nondescript type thing, and man, they got pelted with everything that anybody had. And that was coke cans, coke bottles, beer bottles, anything that they could find to throw at these guys. I felt bad for them. I w- I wasn't. I didn't really dig dig them, but I felt bad that they that they got just they got decimated on stage by this stuff and we were trying to meet van halen after the show and so we were hanging around near the backstage area and those guys came out and we talked to him for a minute and they were trying to be positive but you know you could tell that their spirit was kind of broken so flash forward like 40 years later or something i did this uh, i was in a, used to be in this band uh and I, we did this TV show one time, a TV typing, and it was like sort of like a, I don't know, for lack of a better word, it's kind of like a star search type thing or, or whatever. But uh, they had us all corralled together. You couldn't leave. So there was this young girl. She looked like she was probably 18. And uh, I got to talking to her, and she was saying that, um, uh, oh, yeah, my, my dad. Uh, he he was he was a musician. He was in a band. He got to tour with Van Halen, and I said, "Oh, really? What? What? When was that?" Because I could look at her and tell you, know, she was about you know he would have probably been about that era. And she goes, uh, "Yeah, he was in this band called G Force." No shit, <laughs> I saw them. I left out the part where they got hammered with projectile uh, stuff, but because um, I, I, I I didn't want to sully her dad's legacy, but yeah and that happened every time van halen came to nashville um they had a, they had that band atf open forum winner i don't you probably don't remember them but they were no. like total 80s new wave they had that song Darkomasar. i mean oh, it's
0: not really? it wasn't yeah
1: uh, it wasn't r- rock and roll at all uh and uh, they got pelted too i remember a keyboard player i have his total Uh, recollection of him literally trying to still play and dodging his head to the side as something whizzed past him. If I'm not mistaken, they may not have done their full set because they just got hammered hammered with stuff. Uh, But on the, what was it? 1984 tour, they did bring autograph out and I don't know if they thought they were going to not, you know do well but everybody loved them because it was you know a lot closer to what van halen was doing but yeah man they they used to have the worst band they had this band the cats opened up for them and they were kind of like a new wave band on the i think it was women and children first or something I, they just they always had the worst first but the most incongruous bands opened up for them.
0: so you didn't want anybody to like show them up or something
1: I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I honestly, I don't think there they were so much worried about people showing them up. Were, I think they just really wanted that rowdy crowd thing happening. You know, I really think they wanted to get people ready to see them. I mean, man, especially back then, there was no showing Van Halen up. So they could have anybody open up for them, and they would have been hard-pressed to, you know— uh, giving them a run for their money. Those were some of the greatest rock and roll shows I've ever seen.
0: Hmm. Um, I'd seen it. Uh, those guys, it was like 2012 or something. So it was like Wolfgang was in the band. It wasn't Michael <laughs> Anthony. It was It was still just as cool. Like I thought it was awesome, but uh, I think they had Cool and the Gang open up for them.
1: They, they had them here. I didn't go to it because I flat out boycotted that that tour if, if they're going to have dave back you got to have michael anthony back i thought that was a shitty thing to do that was a that was a dick move i don't i don't care what you say <laughs> that <laughs> that was cool but that being said um yeah and i, I think that was i think that was kind of to have sort of a party atmosphere type thing at that point i'm sure they were totally over that like trying to get people riled up and stuff i think they just wanted to have a good i think at one time that's what it seemed like i was just what I took from it. It
0: actually was. Yeah. Um, I thought I'm it sure, was, yeah. I thought it was fun. You had said you were trying to meet, uh, Van Halen after the show and you ended up meeting, uh, the G force guys. Did you do that a lot back in the day? Like trying to meet bands after the
1: man, only, only when we were only when I was really young. Like, in fact, that that's probably the only time I can ever recall. Go. I just thought that's what you did. Like it would be really easy to just, um, they'd be, Coming out of the backstage and want to stand around and shake everybody's hand. I was really, you know, young and stupid, but uh, have you ever seen that movie Almost Famous, where he's supposed to he's trying to get into the backstage you know, and uh, his past doesn't his they didn't have a pass for him there or whatever, and so he's just kind of standing around out there with the groupies and yeah. Then Stillwater shows up and they befriend him and let him in and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, I guess I thought in my young mind that's that's probably what happens at, at gigs, you know, But I, I found out quickly that that did not happen It, you know, those guys, I'm sure were probably traveling in a, a couple of station wagons or something like that. And we're just happy to get on that tour. So I don't, I don't know. I can't remember enough about that. I just remember talking to those guys and the guy that was the lead singer, who was that, that young lady's dad that I was talking about, that was the dude that we were talking to. And he was super nice and everything. So but uh, they didn't have any business opening up for Van Halen, and I can't imagine that that did them a hell of a lot of good in the long run. Probably did him more harm than good. Oh, Ike, I, that stinks. Yeah, it does. I, I saw uh, the show I saw uh, in the 70s was April Wine, and uh, that was a great show, too. Um, that was at Tennessee Theater. They weren't They weren't big enough to – Phillip municipal so they, they played it we used to have this place downtown called the tennessee theater it's a great place to see a show it was literally used to be a movie theater back in the uh turn of the century and then they converted it into like a they had live music there and functions like that and uh, that was when they were riding high on that um nature of the beast record uh, which was a uh, absolute fantastic album and by far their best uh, best record and uh that was a great show and um, frankie and the knockouts open for them and there was a balcony there too but nobody fell off of it so, that no. i can remember I
0: anybody puke off of it
1: <laughs> i didn't see any puking i mean there probably was some but we were right down front that was before um us you know you had um ticketed seating so you just whoever got there first got up front and they, it was all seats there so we were right down within the first six or eight rows oh awesome yeah it was it was awesome great show still have my shirt from that
0: it seems a lot of like classic like shirts like that are they all the vintage ones
1: uh I mean I, I saved almost every shirt um that I ever got at shows so I've got probably two or three hundred. Uh, concert T-shirts. Uh, some I can't seem to locate. I imagine a girlfriend or two probably made off with of them. But um, and I used to also back then the style was to cut the hell out of everything. So you know they cut the sleeves. I cut the sleeves out and the neck out and cut them off mid-drift and all and I still have a lot of those too. I used them for workout shirts for for years. Um, but uh, yeah, I, r- I rarely throw anything. <laughs> In a way, uh, and you've been to my house uh, especially upstairs up there you you know what kind of uh, um, you know what kind of guy I am when it comes to that kind of stuff There's, I've got I've got a lot of stuff it's like the rock I've and roll Hall theme up there <laughs> yeah yeah except for uh, most of the stuff nobody else cares anything about but me <laughs> oh.
0: hey well I thought it was cool Well, good, good. um, Did you ever get any, like, picks or anything back in the day? Yeah, man. uh,
1: I had um, my very best friend in the world. um, His dad was a fireman. And, um, you know, so anybody knows anything about firemen, they work 24 on and 48 off, generally. So most of them have second jobs. And he uh, was a stagehand uh, at the Municipal Auditorium. On, you know, so he got um, to work just about every show he wanted to work. And he would take all kinds of stuff off the stake. Uh, I, I have somewhere, I, I, they're all put away, but uh, my buddy would always give me the stuff. I've, I've had uh, Angus Young pick, Eddie Van Halen pick. I've got a handful of Rick Nielsen picks. He'd go around to the venue and throw them all over the. I guess he did, or maybe his roadie did, or something. I don't know, but there would be picks all over the place when Cheap Trick would play. Like back up in the uh, nosebleed seats, there would be picks laying around. So, so yeah, uh, I had picks and drumsticks, and um, he actually took from the from Queen jazz tour. He actually snagged Freddie Mercury's tambourine. uh, off the stage and uh that's around here somewhere
0: damn yeah
1: Uh, a lot of that stuff i I had been packed up for a long time because um i moved several times in my youth and um so some of it just kind of never got unpacked but uh um yeah and then there was the occasion when uh somebody would toss something out and i'd catch it i got it george lynch tossed out of one of his picks on one of those docking Tours and I, I caught that. Um, and that was early on. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's back when it seemed to be worth it to get there early and stand up in front of the stage. But I got, I got kind of tired of getting crushed. You get crushed against that uh, bear up there, and it's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, especially you being like smaller, you probably would get. <laughs> And knocked
1: around yeah sometimes i just couldn't stand it um i remember going to see foreigner and billy squire opened up wait yeah billy squire opened up and uh, i was really excited to see both both bands um it was the first time i'd ever seen foreigner first time i'd ever seen billy squire and it was on that don't say no record so it was huge and uh, i was up front and I watched all of Billy Squire, but by the time Farner came on, I was getting crushed so hard that I, I just wiggled my way out of there. Uh, I did the same thing at, um, when I went to go see Kiss creatures of the night, night Ranger opened up for him. We got there, um, really early, uh, like eight hours probably before the show started and it was freezing. It was snowing outside. It was super bowl Sunday. And, uh, The story goes, they sold it out, and it seemed like they did, but um, we sat out there all day, got in, went straight up, got right in the front, and, man, after, as soon as Kiss started, it was just, I didn't think I was going to make it out of there, man. It was was frightening, and I I wiggled my way out of there and, and went up to seats where the rest of my friends were. It just wasn't worth it, man.
0: It sounds kind of crazy to book like a Kiss show on uh, Super Bowl Sunday, too.
1: Well, or any you know, kind of concert, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, the Redskins won that year, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to all my Redskins fans out there, but I'm a Cowboys guy. Uh, so
0: um, that means like, yeah, like if you saw two. If you saw Kiss every tour, you would have saw him on that um, Hot in the Shade with the uh, Sphinx and stuff. Was that as cool as it uh, was on a video?
1: Yeah, you know what? Um, and D- uh, Jenny uh, Smith and I argue about this all the time because he, he thinks that record's terrible. And I thought it was when they finally started to sort of get away from that 80s hairband stuff and sort of get back more into the rock and roll thing. Paul was stopped playing those stickers and all that business. And you could tell they were sort of considering their, you know, I say you could tell it seemed to me like the handwriting was on the wall that they were trying to get back to, you know, the more classic kiss type stuff. They started adding, um, Paul started playing as Les Pauls again and stuff like that. And they started adding um, older songs back into the set and taking out some of that newer stuff that, that was on some of those records that I I wasn't as um, in love with and uh i thought the big tour one of the best ones that they had i think was the best tour that they had done to that point uh after creatures cuz creatures was a great show um that's one of the, that, that was one of the best shows i've seen to uh, not just cuz it was kiss but they were just they played great and there was so much energy and the set list was was killer um and a guy I know recorded it on a cassette, and I've got – transfers it on CD. I've got that actually in its entirety. That Creatures Tour from 83. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's awesome.
0: Um, yeah, because thinking back to the Kissology, there's really not much from that era. I think that uh, video, it's like the Rio show or something like that. So it's only like half of a set
1: yeah they didn't really apparently i mean if they did it's not been leaked but there's almost no pro shot footage of that they i've got some pro shot uh first song from uh montreal on that tour and then i have the rest of the show that somebody shot with a blurry camcorder type thing but yeah there was very little uh footage from that tour i don't really know why maybe they just budget uh, back then. i know they were you know sort of trying to figure out what they were going to do going forward. Maybe they just didn't have the money to hire a film crew or whatever, but there's so much pro shot footage of them literally every year uh, up until then. Uh, I don't know why the, uh, you, you don't see a whole lot of that stuff. I guess they just, I guess it just doesn't exist.
0: Hmm. Um, You kind of like, like reminded me of something else you had mentioned uh, well, with the puke story, you, so you got a tour book, but I think you mentioned earlier um, in the previous text that you had a bunch of Alice Cooper-like tour books. Was that a huge yeah, thing a, for tours tour back then?
1: Yeah, tour books were, um, were a thing. I mean, you almost every band had a tour book. Even opening bands back then had tour books, and that was just a thing, man. Everybody had a tour book. Um, uh, and I always thought it was super cool. I, I liked that as well as or better than any of the others that they were selling i just thought it was cool you can it's got cool pictures and you can you know back then i was so mesmerized by the whole process of live music and everything and i just got those tour books and stared at the figures and try to figure out like what's he you know what guitar is he playing there what amp is that back there what you know what's he what how many piece drum kit does he have you know, that that stuff used to mean something to me and and so yeah i've got a stack of those things man going back all the way uh, i've got some that my uh, cousin gave me uh that i didn't like shows before i was old enough to go like i've got a a black sabbath tour book from 78 and uh, uh i've got i've got a few tour books that were before i started going to gigs and stuff and then after that i got a tour book at almost every every show but like i've got crocus tour books and they were perennial opening act i never saw them headline and you asked me earlier how who was one of the bands i saw most crocus is definitely up there in the top fives because it's open for everybody sometimes they'd be here probably three times a concert season just i saw them open for everybody and but they they were always great
0: Sounds like Tesla now. I think that they're, for all the classic rock bands, they're like slotted in as, I guess, that perennial like, opening band for everybody. <laughs> they, I've seen them that way.
1: Well, that's cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad to. Yeah. I mean, I, I see every once in a while that they're coming, but it's usually something, it's one of those triple bill things like Poison, Def Weppard, and Tesla. Or I, I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's 100% accurate, but um,
0: I, I think I think saw them was, on that yeah. very
1: first tour, and that that's the only time I ever saw them.
0: Uh, so I had another question too that I want to ask you, like are there any uh sh- uh stories you can share from i guess uh bands that you've like played in on the any uh, road stories um that are kind uh, of funny or anything uh, well I guess that you can share without getting in trouble
1: yeah, we might, <laughs> you may have to do another episode on, on that man <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely go on online i mean funny. I guess be more specific. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything that's going to get me in trouble, but I mean, yeah. there's, yeah, there's a time. I mean, I, one of the, I did an interview a month or so ago and the guy asked me something like that. And, and I mean, I just remember some, there's so many things I'd tell, you know, that are just kind of crazy and weird and gross and funny and all that. But I don't know. I remember one time, <laughs> one time we were playing somewhere. This is, probably 15 years ago. And, um, I'm not going to say what city or, uh, or anything, but it was one of those places. It got pretty raucous in there and th- we played late and, uh, the place was just, it was a great place to play. You know, we would pack it out and stuff, but it was not upscale, if you will. You know, there was nobody, there was no guys in the bathroom handing out cologne and moist towelettes and stuff like that. And, uh, um, I remember we got done one night and we're just sort of hanging out, talking to some friends that were still hanging around and went in the bathroom. And I, I can't really describe how disgusting the bathrooms were in this place, but there was generally by the end of the night, there was some overflow happening on the floor and stuff. And it was just concrete floors with, you know, and we, I went in the men's bathroom, And there was uh, a guy and a chick doing their thing right there on the floor, right in the middle of all the all the overflow. And uh, that's (laughs) kind of surreal to walk in on a public place like that. I mean, normally if you're going to do that, you at least make an effort to get in a stall or something. But they did not. uh, So I just remember kind of standing there for a second, like, okay, (laughs) I'll use the ladies' room. so yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that something that disgusting was commonplace, but you know, you run into a lot of that on the road, and um, not not every place is uh, is upscale. But I mean, I could go on probably all, all night about that kind of stuff. You'd have to give me a second to collect my thoughts. But like I said, I you start that kind of stuff, one thing leads to the other. People start connecting the dots. I, I, I don't know how. Candid, I want to be that's
0: so best Well, maybe you can share one more, so we don't end it on like a note of like <laughs> flows
1: and <in> bathrooms.
0: <laughs> end it on a better note. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll try. Uh man, you know, I, 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 mean, it's 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 mostly. I mean, it's hard, it's hard work out there, but it's it's mostly a lot of fun, and and you think back on a lot of those things and. At the time, I guess it seemed like, um, you know, no big deal. But then you think back on it, it's like That's amazing I made it through that. But I mean, there was a lot of cool stories too that didn't involve anything negative, or it was just a lot of fun. Uh, for a long time, we played out every year. We played out. I'm not. I don't know if you're familiar with the um, uh, Park City Film Festival, but Park City, Utah, and uh, the Sundance, Excuse me, Sundance Film Festival. In Park City, Utah, it's Robert Redford's thing, but it's kind of it's taken off to it's a huge, huge, huge thing now. I mean, it's a whole, it's a massive deal. But anyway, we played out there um, several years ago. There was a a time when we had a, a pretty good following out in the in the Utah area, and uh, you know that's pretty that's very cool because we got to do a lot of stuff that normally we wouldn't have been able to do. And we, I've got I got to see a lot of really really cool. Um, Movie mirrors out there that was you know it's before they hit theaters or any of that kind of stuff so they're screened out there um i don't know if you know if you remember that movie uh, uh this may get loud with jimmy page and um uh and jack white and, oh yeah yeah and the edge uh we got to see the um we got to see the premiere of that and um some of the some of the guys were like uh, jack white was there. And so they did a QA and a and all that stuff. And uh, so there was a lot of great stuff like that. I mean, I got thousands of stories like that that are positive and fun and, and just hanging out out there and, see, and you know, meeting people that under normal circumstances you never meet again or, you know, you're at a restaurant and sitting next to you somebody like Timothy Hutton or Kim Kardashian or somebody. It's just you know, it's kind of surreal in a way, man. You know, you don't see these people except for on television or, or whatever. And then you're hanging out, and you know, nine times out of ten, they're super cool and don't act like, hey, I'm this person or they're that that person. It's just, uh, hey, this is a really mellow vibe. We're out here doing this um, Sundance Film Festival, and it's all cool. We we went to. I remember we dro- drove. However, it's like 30 hours or 26 hours or something to get out to Utah. And our first gig of, the, of that leg of the tour was that weekend out in Park City. And um, we drove out there. It was a mess snow and everything. And we uh, had to go uh, to this party. Uh, our, our, our host was uh, doing something at this party. And she said, why don't you just meet us at this party? and um so we did and we were haggard looking man i mean just driven in from uh, nashville hadn't you know everybody been sleeping in the bunks and all that stuff and i, I remember i had a le- leather jacket on that i had had some it got kind of fucked up so i had spray painted it and uh black so i could still wear it because it was the only warm coat that i had and uh, we were just you know disheveled looking man our hair was all messed up and everything we went into this party at this I mean this this place was a multi-million dollar mansion had a full-size basketball court. Wow. And uh, yeah, and it turned out it was some, you know, it was some premiere party and I don't remember what film it was. I don't think we saw it but Ju- I remember Julia Stiles was there walking around, talking to people and we <laughs> you know, there was no real host or anything. Nobody said you can or can't do this. It was all free booze and food and I remember we went down to the basketball court and we were the only people in there and me and one of the other guys in the bar were just there shooting basketball and drinking Stella Artois because that was the, they were sponsoring this particular party. So yeah, I mean, you know, stuff like that, that only happens once. And I'll, you know, I'll probably never see that kind of thing again. It was a lot of fun as it was happening. And um, so yeah, no regrets really, man. There's a lot of great, uh, concert and road stories I I could tell, but that would have to be a different time to let me collect my thoughts. I got a thousand things like that I can I can impart.
0: Well, sure. We can always do like a part two and come mm. back to this
1: whenever you're ready.
0: Um, awesome, man. Well, it has been a pleasure hearing uh, stories and everything from you tonight.
1: It's been a pleasure talking about it, man.
0: Um, all right. Well, yeah. I'll have you back soon. In- hopefully too, when you've got your, um, you got a solo album you're working on too,
1: right? Yeah, man. It's, uh, uh Denny keeps calling it Chinese democracy cause it's taken me so long, but <laughs> you know, um, I think the world will definitely make it without my solo album until it comes out. So I'm just working on it when I have an opportunity and stuff. It's not, um, you know, it's not going to change anybody's life or, uh, or anything, but yeah, it's getting, it's rounding the corner finally uh i'm going back into switchyard with uh michael saint leon on on the 6th of april to finish off a lot of tracking and uh then you know i've got some other stuff to track but it'll be it'll be mostly mixing just you know icing that kind of stuff and yeah you know great affairs are about to get back out and start that process over again so um yeah keep an eye out We'll, we'll be doing stuff
0: um. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, finally seeing you too, because it's been uh, quite Me too. a while.
1: I'm looking forward to being seen. I can't wait to get back out there.
0: Um. All right. Well, thanks for talking, Kenny, and um. Thanks everybody for um. Listening to this episode of A
1: Side. From uh, a film we did one song for. A film was Vision Quest. The song precedes It's called Hungry for Heaven. This one.